Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Well, we are continuing our series called Ready and Willing. Everyone say ready. Ready. And willing. Ready and willing. And it's about our favourite subject, of course, the subject of obedience. I know that you woke up this morning just like you did last week and said, I can't wait to hear about obedience. I don't want to hear about prosperity. I don't want to hear about how to get rich. I want to know how to be obedient. That's the kind of church we are. At life, we roll differently. We're built different. We're ready for a good old-fashioned preach on obedience. Am I right? Fantastic. So... To kick us off this morning, we are going to just do a, a quick recap of what we talked about last week, very, very quickly. And uh, we spoke from Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. It says, The Lord took the man, that is Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, You're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will certainly die. Dun, 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 dun. Die. And I ask this question because I believe that's the way, the best way to read the Bible is you read a bit and then you ask questions of what it is that you've read. And I can't help but read this passage of Scripture without asking this one question. Why the heck did God put that tree there in the first place? I mean, it's happy days if that tree was not created. That tree led to the downfall of humanity. That one stinking tree. And if that one stinking tree wasn't in the garden, guess what? There's no downfall of humanity. That there's no sin as we know it. And so I ask myself this question, why did God put that tree in the garden in the first place? And not only did he put it in the garden, he put it right in the centre of the garden. He didn't put it in some obscure place that you've got to walk over broken glass, over 10 hills to get to. No, it's right smack bang in the centre of the garden. And as I think about an answer, my best answer is simply this fact that (laughs) true love, to be true love, has to be a choice. And it's choice that gives us the opportunity to be obedient or disobedient. This act all those years ago of God putting that tree and giving mankind a choice, giving mankind free will, something that He never gave to any other form of creation, just us human beings, highlights the pinnacle of God's love that He has for us. We are the pinnacle of His creation. And to highlight that fact, He gave us something He never gave any other form of creation. He gave us the ability to receive Him or reject Him. That's a crazy notion to me. I was talking to Pastor Dan just this week. He's got one of those little vacuum cleaners, those little kind of circle ones, like robot vacuum vacuum cleaner. And I asked him, when you bought that robot, did you give it free will? Would you be happy if you came home and your house was not vacuumed? And then you asked your vacuum cleaner, why didn't you vacuum the room? And the vacuum says, I didn't want to. I didn't feel like it. And can you imagine the guy who paid the money for that robot being okay with that? No. He bought it for a purpose and that was to do its job. God, unlike Pastor Dan, 
and unlike us, creates us and then gives us an opportunity to receive Him or to reject Him. To do as we're told or not. This subject of obedience is an amazing, fascinating subject because it highlights just how much God loves me and God loves you and God loves all of His creation. And so we looked at that last week and we looked at the fact that the doorway to disobedience and we looked at the life of Adam and Eve. So please feel free to get a hold of that and have a listen to it. If you did hear it last week, have another listen because there was so much in it. And if you didn't, then just get on our YouTube channel and have a a listen there. And I I trust it'll bring some insight to the importance of this subject as a foundation for where we're going in this three-week subject matter. Amen? This week, we're looking at obedience, the doorway to freedom. Obedience is a doorway to freedom. And to prove my point, I want my youngest daughter to come up here. Everyone welcome BJ. Put your hands together. How are you, sweetie? You good? Love your guitar. It's a great guitar. Can you just play it for us? Can you imagine... If BJ just played the guitar like that. <laughs> Question for you. Is BJ being free? Yes. Yes. You better believe she's being free. She's doing whatever the heck she wants. I don't even know what it is she's doing, but I do know she's being free. It's amazing. Freedom. If BJ was to turn that guitar around, and play whatever she wanted to play based on whatever she felt like. Question, is BJ now being free? There she is. And it sounds horrible. (laughs) Sorry, sweetie, it just did. It just did. But what if BJ learned to play the chords play the notes follow the rules and obey her teacher she would not only be free She'll be free to play the guitar well. She'd be free to play great music and write great songs and be an incredible blessing to this church as she has done to the youth ministry that she's involved in and make a great point for us here this morning. In actual fact, Bede, you'd be simply the best. You want to pick the song? No. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 7, it says, even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds, such as the pipe, harp, guitar, How will anyone know what tune is being played 
unless there is a distinction in the notes. Paul wrote that as an illustration because the church that he was writing to were using the gift of God, the gift of speaking in tongues, in a free manner that brought no sense to a meeting. And so Paul had to bring a direction and directive to how to use the gift of tongues. And even our English language, in order for it to make sense, there has to be certain words that follow certain words. You can't just use any word in any sentence at any time. Otherwise, we'd be speaking gibberish. And so Paul says, whether it's a gift of tongues, whether it's a gift of language, whether it's a gift of music, if we're going to be free to communicate, then we have to restrict ourselves. You see, freedom without limitations leads to chaos and anarchy. All of you who have a driver's license are free to drive a car. But if you drove that car in a manner that you wanted to, at a speed you wanted to, in a direction you wanted to, it would be chaos and anarchy. But we limit ourselves to the road rules in order to have freedom because freedom without limitation leads to chaos and anarchy, whereas freedom with limitations leads to order and purpose. See, obedience sets us free to live a life of prosperity, purpose, and power. And knowing all of these things is helpful to us when interpreting and understanding the Bible. Thank you, BJ. Great job. Let's put our hands together for BJ. You know, in Matthew chapter 6, it says many things, but there's three things I want to very quickly highlight. One is found in verse 5, and it says this. When you pray, not if, just when you do it, In verse 16, it says, when you fast, not if, just when. And in verse 2, it says, when you give, not if, but when. And I don't know about you, but when I read that, it can sound demanding. It can sound controlling. It can sound manipulating unless we have proper understanding. It can just sound like a list of do's and don'ts. Some of you are and have recently committed your life to Jesus and you found a new freedom. And the last thing you want is a list of what you can and cannot do. But in order for us to experience true freedom, we need to be limited in the things that we do and don't do. See, Jesus knows that we have an enemy. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus speaking, came that you might have life and have it to the full. Jesus wants us to have a full life, a happy life, a prosperous life, a blessed life, a life to the max, a life with a capital L. He wants you to experience a freedom such as you've never experienced before. 
But he also knows that we have an enemy who wants the exact opposite for us. An enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy, and rob us of everything that is good and godly. He wants to bring bondage to our lives. One of the great things about obedience is obedience defeats the enemy. See, the enemy uses three major strategies in order to bring bondage in our lives. Most of the time, we are not fighting the devil direct. We only have one enemy. I want you to know that. That person in your life, that problem in your life, they are not the problem. We have one problem, and he goes by the name Satan. He goes by the name Lucifer, the devil. He's the one who causes all the problems in the world for us today. And he has schemes and strategies in order to cause us to fall. And the three main strategies that he uses are pride, lust, and greed. The good news is God has given us three weapons to overcome these three strategies of the enemy. And they are prayer, fasting, and giving. And so when the Bible says... When you pray, it's it's not so much a directive that God wants to bring bondage and make you busier. He wants to help you stay free and defeat the enemy from these three major strategies. And we're going to look at them very quickly this morning and get the band up very quickly. The first one is simply this. Obedience in prayer deals with pride. See, contrary to popular belief and opinion, people don't pray Because they're too busy, they pray because they're too proud. Now, I'm going to call myself out in this. These are three areas I've had to struggle with and will continue to have to struggling with and have to bring them under the obedience of God's Word. I don't stand up here as the expert. I don't stand up here as the one who's dealt with all these things once and for all in my life. This is a daily battle that I have to face. And I want to encourage, as you face the same battles that I do, as to what to do when those battles are very real in our lives. I don't want to pray. I don't have to pray. I don't need to pray. All have one thing in common. Do you know what it is? The word I. I don't, I won't, I can't, I don't have to. See, pride is what made the devil the devil. I think I said that last week. Lucifer said, I will make myself like the most high God. I, 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 me, myself, and I. I'm too busy. I don't have enough time. It's not your busyness, it's your pride. You're making it all about you. And I make it all about me when I say I'm too busy. Adam didn't pray, not because he was too busy, but because, again, he was too proud. This serpent said, if you take from this tree, you'll be like God. And that appealed to Adam, as it appeals to me, as it appeals to all of us. Being Lord and Master of our own life, are you kidding me? Give me a bite. I want in on that. It's pride. And when we're obedient in prayer, it breaks the grip of pride in our lives. If I was to ask you, who would like to deal with this thing called pride in their lives? 
Some of you might say, I don't have pride. Then you're the most proud of all. But for those who are a little bit more humble and say, yeah, I struggle in that area. Here's the answer, prayer. If you want to be freed from pride, then pray. That's why the disciples asked, how should we pray? We realise there's a power that's in prayer. We just don't quite know how to do it. And Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, this then is how you should pray. Our Father. Not me, my, and my. Our Father. See, today is not all about you. You're part of it, but it's not all about you. It's our Father. He's my Father. He's your Father. He's our Father. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus goes on, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And only from that point on, Jesus turns it around to give us this day our daily bread. But it's on a foundation of God first. His kingdom first. And when we learn how to pray, it deals with the pride in our lives. People often ask me, how long do I pray? What I'm about to say and how I'm about to answer this hopefully will set you free. Because for me, I don't pray that long at all. But I also don't go long without praying. So I would seldom sit in a room and pray for an hour. If you think less of me, that's okay. I I would seldom do that. Kath and I would seldom, or we as a family would seldom spend an hour praying in one shot. But I I, want to tell you, there wouldn't be too long in the day where I'm not going without prayer and and bringing God in on my life, my circumstances, my situations, my decisions throughout the day. See, prayer is talking to God. I've said that many times before. Prayer is simply talking to God. I I stand by that. However, it's much more than that. Let me highlight it this way. I'm sure we all have that one friend who loves to talk. You're one of those friends who's just always talking, 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 talking. Show of hands, who's got a friend like that? Well, if your, fr- if your hand is not up, guess what? You're that person. And, and, and let me confirm why you feel the way you do, those with your hand up. Those without your hand, listen up, because you annoy us. And the reason you annoy us is because you're happy to talk, but you don't listen. You don't ask questions. And so if I was to say, to have a relationship, you just got to talk. No, 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 it's not just talking. It's more than that. Sometimes it's just shutting up. Write that down, someone. (laughs) And it's listening. It's understanding. It's asking questions. And so when it comes to talking to God, It's much more than just talking. How many of us spend much time at all listening to God? Because that's as much about prayer as it is talking to God. 
So talking to God is so powerful, but it embraces more than just using our words. It also involves using our ears. It involves asking. It involves listening. It involves waiting. It involves thanking. It involves praising. True prayer invites God into every area of our lives and every decision that we make. Why? Because God wants to control us? No. He loves us. And He wants us to live in a freedom. And freedom is found on the other side of making good choices. And if we don't include God in on our choices, we're going to be guessing at best. And those guesses are usually going to be attached to our pride And our pride will lead us to make decisions based on what we want, when we want it, how we want it. And that's what made the devil the devil. We're looking at obedience and the power that obedience brings into our lives and the freedom that it brings. And so when we're obedient in prayer, it deals with pride. Secondly, obedience in fasting deals with lust. See, fasting is all about abstinence. We usually think about fasting in terms of abstaining from food, and it certainly includes that. God wanted Adam and Eve to abstain from the food on the tree in that garden. He wanted them to fast full time from any fruit on that tree. He wanted them to abstain from the lusts and the desires of that thing that they couldn't have. And so, yes, fasting involves food, but it involves every area of our lives. Do you know we have to fast from driving a car for the first 16 years of our lives? And after that, when you get your license, you can then drive fast. (laughs) Let me retract that. But the reason being is that there are other areas of our lives that need to develop and grow before we're placed behind the wheel of a car. And that's the purpose of fasting, that we abstain from certain areas, we abstain from certain situations, we abstain from certain decisions so that we can develop other areas of our lives in order to make the best possible decisions. I mean, I know the road toll is far higher than what it should be, but can you imagine what it would be if we allowed eight-year-olds to drive? And so there is a freedom that comes with limiting the driving age. Fasting heightens our senses. It grows other areas. Fasting causes us to wait. Fasting is all about delayed gratification. Do you know one of the toughest things for young people coming to Jesus is because they've heard that you can't have sex until you're married. And that thought freaks people out. And I get that. I get that. But it freaks them out because they don't understand God's heart behind it. And it freaks them out even more because we as Christians have not done a good job. 
of bringing understanding. I, I told our kids this from a very early age, that God has a plan and God knows best. And when it comes to intimacy before marriage, there's a purpose to why he wants you to wait. Because most marriages don't fail because of what takes place or not in the bedroom. Most marriages fail because of a lack of communication. And here's the cool thing in God's design. If you take away intimacy before marriage, there's not much left to do except talk. (laughs) And you're going to have a much healthier foundation to go in on a marriage when you've learned how to talk, how to resolve conflict, how to love someone according to their love language and not your own. And when you get married, all those extra things that you get to do are the celebration of doing it right. Now, of course, many people have not lived that life And we're not saying that this church is not for you or there's no chance of you ever becoming a Christian. No, it's all about starting today. It's about being obedient from this moment on based upon the understanding that we have. One thing I never want to do for our kids and I've never wanted to do for our church is just say, you can't do that because the Bible says that teaching never worked and it certainly doesn't work in 2023. We have to bring people on a journey. We have to bring some understanding. We have to bring some opportunity to help people know why God has His ways. Are you with me? Fasting separates us. It disconnects us from competing desires. I love that. You know, if you just would fast from social media, it disconnects you from all that stuff that you get. There's so much power in fasting. And at the core of it, at the foundation of it, is this desire to see you set free from the lusts of the flesh. And all of us have different lusts. All of us have different likes. All of us have different wants and desires. And what we tend to do is flex our muscles. I can't believe they think, I can't believe they did that. I would never do that. And that just means that means that you're not attracted to a certain area that that person is. It doesn't mean you're better than them. It just means you don't struggle in that area. But kid yourself not, you do struggle in areas of lust. We all do. It's one of the strategies of the enemy. And what the enemy wants to do is help us to be very religious and think that we are better than others because we don't do that lustful thing. He says, this is awesome. They can't see their own lust. They're just pointing the finger at everyone else's lust. That's religion. Christianity is all about Jesus saying, let's just talk. There was this one time when Jesus was on the beach with Peter. And Jesus was talking to Peter about his future. And it wasn't, it was pretty bleak what he was saying. And Peter's feeling the weight of what is being said. and and, And he looks over to John and says, what about him? This is Christianity. He goes, What's his life got anything to do with what I'm talking to you and your life about? Religion says, yeah, let's talk about them. Christianity says, no, let's talk about us. That's what we're doing today. In this come, follow me year, which was never going to be an easy year. For me as a preacher, it was never going to be an easy preaching year. 
But oh my goodness me, we are going to be freer than we've ever been before. We're going to be stronger than we've ever been before if we would put the Word of God into practice. Which brings me to my last point this morning. If the band can come up, that'd be awesome. Obedience in giving deals with greed. What are the three strategies of the enemy? Pride, lust, greed. Who wants to be set free from those three things? I do. Well, God has an answer. Prayer, fasting, and giving. This is like broccoli, Brussels sprouts. That's, that's the kind of preach today. The stuff you might not like, but the stuff that's going to do you good. Spinach. The amazing thing about Adam and Eve, they were given every tree in the garden they could eat from. I mean, think about it. Every tree. I don't know how many, but knowing God and His generosity, you just look at the stars. You put two stars. Just put this plethora of stars. I can only imagine how many trees were in that garden. Lots. But there's one tree. Just one. I just don't want to touch that one. And here they are one day standing before this tree and looking at it. Gee, that's good. Gee, that's awesome. They forgot all that they'd been given. So why did they take a bite of the fruit on that tree that day? Because they were greedy. Why were they disobedient? Because they were greedy. But what would have overcome that greed if they just remained obedient? Imagine if Adam looked at that fruit and said, yeah, it's good. But God said not to touch it. So I'm out of here. This conversation is over. We're done. But greed said, oh, just good. And please, when we look at Adam and Eve, don't think, if I was in the garden, we would have done better. You wouldn't. Everyone thinks, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have a word with Adam. I promise you, if we were there, we'd all be doing the same thing. Because the greed, the pride, and the lust lives in us. But God has weapons to overcome. And so when Jesus said, when you pray, when you fast, and when you give, he said it that strong, that clear, that direct, because he knows it's the only thing that can bring freedom in your life, and his desire is that you might live in freedom. The Son of God came to bring you freedom. He came, you might have free, you'd be free, sorry, and be free indeed. That's why you need to pray. That's why you need to fast. That's why we need to give. Because nothing deals with pride, lust, and greed like these three weapons. See, giving is the only thing that breaks the grip of materialism. And if you know this or not, but we are living in a material world. And I am a material. Some of you know what I'm talking about, which says you're listening to music you should not be listening to. But we are. And it's better you just call yourself out on it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. 
You'll either serve God Almighty or the Almighty Dollar. You cannot serve both. And I believe that the reason materialism has such a stronghold on us is because we confuse our net worth with our self-worth. Jesus didn't come to make you rich financially. Some of you, that will be a case. That's not why he came. In actual fact, we see that Jesus became poor. Jesus lived a life of poverty. But he was a righteous man that embraced poverty to make us rich. For some, that might equal dollars. But the richness that he's talking about is a richness to walk in freedom. It's a richness for you to know your self-worth. And your self-worth is not tied to your net worth. Sadly, people think if my net worth were higher, my self-worth would be higher. And that's not why Jesus came. Jesus came to set us free from that thinking. You can't live in this world without getting some of the dirty thinking in our mind. And the great thing about these three weapons, prayer, fasting, and giving, is it helps clean, cleanse us from that stinking thinking. As a pastor, I've been misunderstood when we've talked about offerings. I've been misunderstood when we've talked about expansion seasons. We do that because, yes, the church needs finances to run. But essentially, and I, I, I would speak on behalf of the pastors I know, and I know there's been a handful of pastors who've done the wrong thing over a period of time, but generally, the pastors I know and the majority of pastors I don't know are doing the right thing with the finances. And they preach a truth because they want to see God's people not only get free, but stay free. Live in a freedom. And you will not be free unless you live in obedience to God's ways. BJ blessed us with a little bit of music earlier. When she played it the teacher's way. When she played it the way it was meant to be played. Everything before that was a dog's breakfast. So you can't just pick up the guitar and just play it You've got to play it a certain way. You can't just say I'm a Christian and live the way you want. It doesn't work like that. God has ways. And in order for us to live in freedom, we have to follow His way. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.